are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. Spoiler alert! No matter when this film was released, there's a good possibility I will be revealing spoilers about the plot, or even possibly the ending. So just be warned. The Equalizer 3, which came out in 2023, and was directed by Antoine Fuqua. It stars Denzel Washington, Dakota Fanning, Guy Scodelaro, David Denman, Eugenio Mastrandrea, Remo Girone, Daniel Perone, and Andrea Scarduzia. The genre would be revenge action thriller. Ciao Roberto. Roberto, tell me, what did you do back home? Government work. I'm retired. Because of these people, I'm beginning to understand real peace. They see you as one of us now. I believe this is where I'm supposed to be. This happens in many towns. The mafia. They like cancer. No cure. Seem like a man who understands violence. I like this place. You can't take that from me. I can take anything I want. Police found multiple dead bodies on that farm in Sicily. Did you kill him? Do I look like a killer? (laughs) With this now apparently being the third and final chapter of their Robert McCall trilogy, I can at least say that Denzel and director Antoine Fuqua might have left the door open to take this character in a slightly different genre direction should they decide to do more movies with this character. With Denzel's titular equalizer in the Jason-slash-Michael Myers role, you could tweak this formula ever so slightly to craft a series of feel-good slasher films. No joke, because not even five minutes in, we're kinda almost there. Suspensefully following a new unknown character in Italy, gradually discovering an endless stream of carnage-slash-dead bodies of his apparent crew as he ventures more and more deeply into his home-slash-work hideout. And at the end of this painful walk, just guess who he finds? Seemingly about to add him to the body count. Yep, it's our, quote, hero, Denzel, looking sleek and strong, but a bit tired, just gearing up to slice and dice with lightning speed and efficiency. Your man to my left finger on the trigger, but he's a foot too close, which renders your man to my right dead already. He just doesn't know it yet. I feel sorry for his family. Nine seconds. That's what you have to decide your fate. Nine seconds. And look, I say this as an avid Denzelet. He is my favorite actor of all time. And there's been no other star out there who I've had a longer running season pass for and for whom I'm willing to give more the benefit of the doubt, no matter the vehicle. In the early days of my Denzel appreciation, I willingly paid to see him in heart condition. In the theater, no less. Go to hell! That's what I'm trying to avoid. It's time for you to get your big, fat, extra crispy bucket of chicken, two liter Pepsi Cola drinking ass out of bed. I can watch Denzel do his thing in any genre, not the least of all full-on bloody action like Virtuosity or Man on Fire or Ricochet. I laid a gun down. You let the girl go. I'll be your hostage. I'm putting the gun down. But wow, (laughs) with each new entry of this Equalizer trilogy, it has just felt like diminishing returns. 
The first two chapters were both overlong and a little too ponderous at times, but at least they had engaging villains, along with a few choice Denzel monologues to entertain. I've done some bad things in my life, Nikolai. Things I'm not proud of. I promised someone that I love very much that I would never go back to being that person. But for you, I'm going to make an exception. This time around, Fuqua has gratefully kept it tighter at well under two hours for a change, first time, but the plot overcomplicates itself. There is seemingly more time just spent gawking at McCall's post-mortem handiwork. I mean, no joke. There is one point where the head of a bloodied corpse found crouching on the floor just inexplicably falls off. It's almost comical. And for the first time in this particular franchise, the villains are utterly forgettable. McCall is basically taking on the original Italian mob out of Sicily, as he finds himself holed up in a small picturesque Italian town recovering from a gunshot, after being nursed back to health by a good-natured local doctor. McCall finds the people of this town to be a very inviting bunch. And upon realizing this, he decides that this is where he wants to stay. But he also notices a mafia family terrorizing the locals for protection money and such. And he just has to intervene. You like being in other people's business. I'm really beginning to like this place and the people. I'm starting to believe from the bottom of my heart that this is where I'm supposed to be. So, whatever it is that you and your friends do, please do it somewhere else. You warning me? I'm preparing you. And the issue is that we never really get to know any one individual from this mob gang. They all seem to have the same facial hair, and I honestly found it hard to kind of tell them apart at times. Nobody here interesting along the lines of Pedro Pascal's chilly former CIA merc Dave from Part 2. He's actually really good in that movie, even elevating it. There is no sin, no virtue. It's just shit people do. They trained us to kill people and risk our lives doing it. And then one day you get a call saying they're done with you. Thank you for your service. Here's a plaque. You need a job? Good luck. You need medical insurance? See the VA. One day you're an asset. The next, you're a fucking afterthought. It was a natural evolution. It's who we were. Nor a villain who just is highly entertaining like Martin Zanska's Russian mob enforcer Teddy in the first movie. We spend so much time also just watching Robert interact with a variety of side characters to add color, yet nobody really registers. Except for Dakota Fanning. Yep, Man on Fire reunion, who is playing a CIA analyst who Robert reaches out to to provide information. Their interactions are actually among the highlights of the movie. Good banter, and we get to see Denzel being charming and inquisitive. I mean, he's kind of being that way with some of the locals he befriends, but it's all subtitled and mostly perfunctory dialogue, which is a shame. Regardless, it is a kick to see Fanning now all grown up and challenging our protagonist a bit. They're good together. Who are you? What were you doing on that farm in Sicily? Told you on the phone, just a guy passing. Passing through. That's right. You don't want to play games with me. Just having my tea. Police found multiple dead bodies on that vineyard. Hmm. You kill him? <laughs> I look like a guy who kills people. I'm warming to the possibility. <laughs> Too shit. Stick around. I'm just getting started. Me too. McCall. <laughs> Very good. Two C's, two L's. 
And that brings me to the categories. The first category would be the best needle drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film, because music is essential to film. After the two previous movies had stalwart composer Harry Gregson Williams delivering a pretty reliable score with a mix of orchestra and synth, they changed composers for the final entry. And I did like the music that Gregson Williams composed for those movies, especially the confident main electric guitar accented theme introduced in that first movie. Well, with this last entry, Fuqua took the music in a different direction with Brazilian composer Marcelo Zavros, who takes the soundscape for this franchise in a different direction, which I liked, and does fit this new Italian setting after the first two movies mostly took place around Boston. This score sounds much more dramatic, harsher, and it generally works. It's also indicating more of a horror vibe for this movie, as previously mentioned. One recurring theme kicks off with the opening action sequence as Robert gets the drop on three mafia guys who had him surrounded, each armed with guns, as he violently dispatches with each of them in an admittedly novel manner. The track is called Nine Seconds. The next category would be Wasted Talent. This is the most underutilized talent involved with the film. I think the biggest issue I have with this movie might even be a deliberate choice on behalf of Fuqua and returning writer Richard Wink. And it's a genuinely weird one. We seem to spend much more time actually watching the effects of McCall's violence than we do the bad guys. Seriously, these guys, the bad guys, they do seem like genuine scumbags. But if you were actually doing a running tally of the number of times that we see the equalizer dismember someone versus the number of times that we see the bad guys do it, well, he blows them out of the water. It's like 10 to 1. The movie starts to resemble late-stage Rambo movies for its single-mindedness. And sorry, but that might fly for post-2000 Stallone, but it doesn't for Denzel as far as I'm concerned. And since his breakout with the somewhat overrated previous episode Training Day more than 20 years ago... Listen to that episode, I know it's controversial. Fuqua has proven to at least be a solid genre director who can deliver an entertaining R-rated action set piece with the best of them. This, Olympus Has Fallen, Tears of the Sun, Southpaw, Shooter, and the Magnificent Seven remake starring Denzel from a few years ago. All these movies also have good performances, so he's clearly good with actors too. And this time around, we really just don't see that as much of the cast is just not given much to do. Now, even though I've always been a bit mixed on Fuqua overall as a director, he has generally been a solid action director who's good with actors, resulting in generally entertaining genre movies with engaging characters. Hey, wait up. I can't even see you. Hey, 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 shut the fuck up. You really just go ahead and get in your last prayer? Listen to me, man. Listen to me. That girl is being raped. All right. I saw these two fucking drug addicts attacking her, and I stopped them, man. I swear to God, I stopped them. Light. I'm not lying. But here with Equalizer 3, he just seems to be veering more into Eli Roth territory. 
where the first emphasis is on the carnage over the characters. Just a disappointment. And this movie does feel like a genuine waste of Fuqua's talent. The next category would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. Now, even though we don't really get to meet the main baddie, who would be Vincent, played by Andrea Scarduzio, I think he's the head of the family, until well into the third act, that still does allow for one standout scene towards the end of the movie, where we get to see him face off with our hero. Now, it's not as good as the extended interactions that we saw McCall have with the main villains in the previous two movies, but it's still a doozy. It happens after Vincent has realized who Robert is that it was him who killed Vincent's brother, and that he's also likely holed up in this particular town. So what does Vincent do but drive down with his goons to the main town square as he starts to beat up a local cop who had befriended Robert, including shooting him point-blank right near his ear. Vincent and his men start to raise up their guns as everyone starts to gather around all freaked out, and he makes a loud pronouncement that they are going to start shooting people if his brother's killer does not come out and reveal himself. Yes, it's all bombastic, but it's still quite tense. And then out comes Robert, holding his hands up high, each with a gun in them. He tells Vincent that it's all him and that only Robert should receive this retribution. There's a strong back and forth here between the two of them, and it's definitely the most scared that we've seen Robert come through throughout the whole movie. And then just as Vincent and his men are going to take down Robert in front of the town, boom. Well, I won't dare give it away as this movie just came out in theaters, but let's just say that it's the most effective moment of the movie and the most satisfying type of resolution to this building conflict. Now, if only it wasn't immediately followed up by the next scene, which becomes the actual climax of the story and not a very good one. Oh, well. The final category would be the MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. Now, as negative as I have been about this movie, I still have to concede that no one involved phones it in, least of all Denzel. Honestly, I don't think Mr. Washington has ever phoned in a performance at any point in his career, even early on. He's good in this movie, delivering a convincing performance, especially from a physical perspective. Is that a Timex? No. It's a move. Right there. Right there. What's the time? That's the median nerve that I'm compressing. On a scale from one to ten, that's a two. That's a three. You don't want me to go to four. Probably his best moments from an acting standpoint are just watching him power his way through the recovery of his gunshot wound. He initially started out just barely moving forward via a cane, which has made all the more difficult since apparently you have to take narrow steps to get to any point here in this Italian town. And we watch him agonizingly traverse his way up those steps again and again, eventually to the point where he's not just struggling, nor does he even need a cane any longer. It's the most rewarding aspect of the story, and Denzel delivers it with a plum. For carrying material, which is unfortunately somewhat beneath him, Denzel Washington is, of course, the MVP. My rating for The Equalizer 3 would be two stars out of five. Oh. Bottom line, even though I can appreciate an old-fashioned grindhouse vigilante thriller along the lines of a death wish as much as anyone, this just did not work for me, unfortunately. Believe me, it does pain me to give a negative review to the latest Denzel vehicle. At least you can rest assured that there's still plenty of great stuff from his catalog left for me to review. And coming up pretty soon, too. You still have a problem with that after I hang up in 10 seconds? Call your partners at the IRS. Tell them to audit me, okay? Oh, you little bastard. I'll take Agent Stark. I'll Agent tell you. Stark. What? Agent Stark. What? I'm in five seconds. Damn it, Chief. Sorry, I can't hear you. You're breaking up. Huh? And if you're looking to watch The Equalizer 3, it is currently now playing in theaters. And that ends another discordant review. 
Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast, and follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.